Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Mischief Makers, your one-stop shop for all things mischief. Join your host, Dave Hearn, as he finds out what makes mischief, well, mischief. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mischief Makers with me, Dave Hearn. Uh, and with me, I have the uh, the wonderful and very cheery Mr. Greg Tannehill. Hello, Greg. Hello. There he is. There's that cheer. Very cheery. <laughs> Um, so for those of you that don't know, this is a podcast for people to, uh, get to know mischief. Uh, for those of you that do know, you know, ignore that last bit. Um, so this is obviously Greg's first interview. Um, and the first section is the getting to know you section. Um, and so Greg, we had a quick chat before this started. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's all done in one take and we're just mm-hmm. going to get straight through. Um, but I don't have any jingles. So um, I need you, well, I don't need you, I'd like you uh, to, um, and I do need you really, because I don't have any jingles, but I would like you to uh, just improvise a short, like getting to know you jingle. A little jingle. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. A boo-ba-doo-doo. It's Greg. Greg. What's his life about? It's Greg. Greg. Is it boring? <laughs> Ending <laughs> on a question. Very good. <laughs> And let's explore that question. So actually, I've got this written down here. So um, when I um, interviewed, when I said to Greg, you know, do you want to do this interview? You you said you were worried about um, being boring. And um, <laughs> I don't think you're boring at all. But why why do you why are you worried about being boring? Do you do you think yourself as a boring person? Uh, no, 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 not necessarily. Uh, I just, uh, I, I don't know. I think my insecurities throughout life, have, if, I, if I end up talking for a while, my brain just starts going, Oh God! What am I talking about? Is it is is this actually interesting? And I, I just immediately kind of self doubt kind of creeps in, and uh, mm. I've I've had it like most of my life as far as I can remember. And usually, yeah, usually it's absolutely fine. But but um, but yeah, I just can't help but have that little little bit of my head going. Oh, hang on, Greg, why are you talking about that? <laughs> no one's sure. interested. But, Do you um, ever say in like in the moment are you ever talking to people being like, "I'm sorry, I'm being boring," or is it always like afterwards? um usually afterwards but definitely in the middle of like talking to someone i might kind of uh trail off or um 
or kind of change the subject or just kind of ask questions to someone else. Because, um, yeah, I, I definitely have a, um, I think of myself as quite, um, um, oh, well, here we go, we're struggling for words. Uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, not very <laughs> eloquent. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so that's, you just, uh, that's kind of... just a self-view. I might be very, very wrong, you know, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. Well, it's hard, isn't it? Because I, I don't think of you, when I think of Greg, I don't think of you as a boring person. I'm not like, oh, Greg, boring. I'm like, oh, Greg, <laughs> happy and fun. And like, I think, uh, yeah, you often strike me as someone who's very quite uh, joyful and quite uh, bright. Yeah. And but, I, you know, uh, some, some, some people find that boring. You know, oh, here he is. True. Old ha- happy Greg again. Can't he be a bit miserable for once? <laughs> where's old Where's old angry Greg? Yeah, come on. Um, give me some horrible life tragedy. <laughs> Well, we Please can don't. we can try and discover some. Um, <laughs> well, Uh-oh. the first the first thing I've got here, right, is uh, so you grew up in the countryside, didn't you? Uh, yeah, kind of, well, kind of. I was kind of in the kind of town centre area of uh, Hereford, so I wasn't in the kind of like rural area of Herefordshire. But um, but yeah, you kind of a short journey in one direction from where I I lived. You were kind of yeah, in in farmland and lovely walks and river and and all that so yeah yeah so not not a not a huge city even though it is technically mm. a city because it's got a cathedral and stuff but um oh wow. but yeah not not a massive city life i was very kind of a country country city boy if that makes sense because <laughs> you quite like camping don't you oh yes oh yes yes what is it uh, about yeah. camping um i did it well one thing about it is um Kind of for years now, I've had a me and a load of kind of Herefordshire friends. We've um, tried as best we can to kind of every year at least once kind of go on a, a camping trip together. And whether or not yeah. that's on someone's uh, land that we know um, or um, somewhere around, it's usually on someone's land that we know. Um, but yeah, it's just a great excuse to get together and just, yeah, just camp out. And uh, we kind of build fires, do meals over the fire. There was one year where we did a full lamb on a spit which was amazing and uh and then we do loads of stupid stuff you know we drink i've got a longbow so i bring that along sometimes <laughs> you've got a longbow uh yeah <laughs> aren't they like yeah. they're really tall aren't they they're like six feet yeah oh yeah tall tall. tall. Like, i think it's about um i haven't been able to use it for ages but it's about i don't know i think it's a good foot higher than me so yeah at least like seven foot ish wow yeah you must be very strong to be able to fire one of those Oh, uh, yeah, take, you have to put, you put your back into it, and um, if you mess it up, you can scrape your forearm a bit, but that's why I've got my, my arm guard for that very oh, reason. Like a leather, a leather kind of legless patch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Safety first, you know. So how far can a longbow fire? Oh, God, I don't know the exact distance. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm no expert. I just kind of own, own it. <laughs> but, um, okay, I'm going to Google I, it right now. <laughs> but out in the countryside... Um, I have lost a few of the arrows I got with it, um, and yeah, quite a, couple, a few of them have disappeared over the horizon, n- never to be found again. <laughs> so, if you were to if you were to guess, um, how how far do you think? Oh God, uh, my sense of distance and stuff is terrible. I'm just going to throw a number out there. I'm going to say 350 feet. Oh, okay. So someone here says a flight a flight arrow of a professional archer of Edward III's time would reach <laughs> up to four hundred yards. Oh. Which I think is like a yard is like ninety centimeters. So call it a meter. It's like three hundred and fifty meters maybe. Wow. There you go. And then wow. the practice range uh was allowed to be no less than two hundred and twenty yards during Henry VIII's time. So there you go, guys. We're learning something here. <laughs> 
There you would go. you say you are good with a longbow? Uh, nah, I wouldn't say that. No, no, I've, I've only been able to like use it a handful of times. Um, um, yeah, so no, I definitely wouldn't say I'm, I'm good. But, uh, you know, I got, I got it to lodge in a tree or two in a hay, hay bale and didn't hit my friends. So that's, that's, that's good. That's pretty good. I think. Yeah. That is, I mean, yeah, that's a good day out. Mm. You know, fired a longbow, didn't kill anyone. Yeah. <laughs> that's a dream. And did you, did you learn how to, like, throw a hatchet or something? Is that you? <laughs> no, well, again, not, not uh, uh, officially. That was just going to, um, uh, well, in the countryside, I've, I've thrown a hatchet or two just, you know, countryside you entertain yourselves with what's around um but and for um, our listeners who aren't sort of au fait with medieval weaponry <laughs> uh, a hatchet is like a small axe right yeah yeah kind of a little one that you can use with one hand um but no no i uh, for a birthday a few years back just uh went to one of those axe throwing places that have sprung up um over the years recently uh in wow. london and yeah just chucking hatchets at um at the wall. And, you know, I didn't do too badly. Didn't do too badly. How many did um, you throw? Oh, I can't remember in total. We, we got to do quite a lot. And then there was a little tournament and stuff. My dad was there and my dad was just ridiculously good. Um, but Your in the end... a soldier, right? Uh, he used to be, yeah, he yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was in a military service, yeah. And uh, so is that why he's good at throwing axes, do you think? <laughs> that's scary, I think that's, I think that's definitely part of it. Um, yeah, my, my dad's had a very interesting life. Far, far. Um, maybe that's what, why I fear that I'm boring because my dad has definitely had a way more interesting life than me. Um, you, you just get told stories. Yeah, still to this day, like every now and then, I'm, I'll find out something new. You know, which is great. It's always good to still be finding out something new about your parents. But, um, but um, yeah, I remember like, years ago, just suddenly finding out that he used to drive heavy goods vehicles around the country for a few years. And um, oh, wow. I, had, I had no idea. That's a big chunk of your life. <laughs> I had no idea he did that. So, yeah, he's been in the military. Um, he's uh, been a bodyguard. And, yeah, and now he works in film and stuff. So, yeah, he's kind of, you know, well, you know, I, I won't go into all of it because, and plus, I don't know how much of his military stuff I'm allowed to say. He might have to hunt me down and kill me. Um, sure, yeah. sure. But, but there, there, <laughs> there was uh, one particular story from, about my dad which sticks in my mind is me and my brother, years and years ago when we were younger, uh, we put up a um, a punching bag uh, we got cheap somewhere in um, in our house, and we were just messing around with it. We got hung it up on these chains, and we were just all three of us, me and my brother and my dad, just kind of wailing on it, you know, no skill or anything. And then my dad just suddenly, who at the time, he must have been like 50-something, I don't know, just suddenly jumps in the air and does a spinning back heel kick on it. And <laughs> me and my brother were just stunned. And he, my dad, who downplays everything it was just like what, 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 what what's up and we're like no 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 you can't you can't just be casual about this yeah so yeah my dad mental <laughs> oh no sorry i what i'd done there was um i needed to cough so i muted myself uh in order to cough and then um as you were talking i i did respond i said oh wow your dad did like a roundhouse kick on the bag and then um, there was no response. And I was like, oh, this is strange. Why isn't Greg responding to me? And then oh, I realized wow. I was so, muted. So there you so go. I, ch- I chose the exactly wrong point to stop talking. And just give some dead air. Dead air. We don't like that in radio. Dead air. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Let, should we do a bit of voluntary dead air now? Okay, yeah, sure. All right. It, that was like, <laughs> we'd gone, wasn't it? But yeah, we, yeah. We're still uh, here. I hope, that, I hope that confuses some people. 
I hope people do that thing where that sometimes I do on podcasts where I skip forward, just skip forward to that dead air bit, and they'll be like, "Wow, this must not be working." Oh no, it's and... downloaded wrong. Yeah, <laughs> fools, we fooled you. Um, <laughs> so hold on, I, we've gone off track, which I quite like. Sorry, yes, I'm pleased with yeah. that. No, this is good. We we sort of see so your dad is sort of some kind of strange and wonderful uh sort of humble military man um mm-hmm. and and that sort of you were saying yeah sort of reflects is is perhaps a reason why you were like oh maybe you know you worry that you're not as quote unquote interesting as him because he's he's lived this kind of crazy life possibly yeah possibly i've never really thought about yeah. it like that before but i was just kind of spitballing um but um just yeah po- po- possibly that's part of it because he's kind of like throughout his life just done these interesting things jumping one from the other where I've kind of had a from a young age kind of had the the kind of path I wanted to enter the entertainment industry and just kind of had that of course which has taken me down some you know very interesting roads but um Mm. you know whereas he's kind of been around the world and doing crazy stuff and then massive career changes and uh stuff like that But, but hey I'm still young that could happen to me Still a young man. I'm always amazed, yeah, when you speak to people who are sort of our parents' age or older people, and they, yeah, they sort of say things like, you know, I drove HDVs around the country, and they sort of go, yeah, I did that for about eight years, um, and you're kind of like, what? That's like that's a long time. Yeah. But then I suppose if you're in your sixties or seventies, then eight years doesn't necessarily feel like a huge amount. Yeah, but, it's a small small percentage of what you yeah. did. Yeah. And so when you, is it true when you were younger as well, this is a kind of maybe a, a thing that got you into acting. Did you do ballet? Oh, <laughs> no, not ballet. Well, I've done a little bit, little bit of ballet, but, um, but, um, so I'm just closing my mail cause it just made a very no- loud noise at me. Um, did, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I did dance when I was younger. So during, during college, like I did a little bit throughout, um, school and doing school plays you know when dance was necessary for a number um but yeah just in college um I had a few friends who um went to uh, the Hereford Academy of Dance and and I think at the time I I probably was probably had more of a mindset of you know girls are dancers boys aren't dancers sure some boys are dancers girls are dancers but um but yeah they had a, a few close friends of mine um, um, male friends went to the the school too, and and I really wanted to because I've always kind of been I've always loved dance as well, just watching it um, back then as well. And I think it was a largely part of um, my decision to actually um, give it a go uh, and, uh, to, at the school um, was the fact that I had three male friends there as well, so it kind of gave me the courage to kind of join as well. And yeah, loved it. So yeah, I was doing like once or twice a week. Um, kind of modern jazz. Um, um, there was a little bit of ballet and touched a little on tap a, bit, a little bit as well. But it was mainly kind of modern and jazz I did for a year, two years, something like that. Um, yeah. And how old were you? Uh, that was college. So I must have started when I was 16, 17, something like that, I think. Okay. Yeah. So we're talking sort of like, uh, like noughties sort of time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because yeah. I think, yeah, because I, I definitely think, well, now, particularly, like, now it's not so as, as so um, controversial, you know, boys mm, doing yeah. dance. Yeah. Um, but I remember uh, one of my ex-girlfriends was a dancer, and um, she was in a in a school with uh, 
I don't know, a year maybe have had like 30 people in it. And probably like less than five maybe were, were, were boys. And it was this real kind of idea that the men don't really go into dancing. And I think that really came from this uh, sort of strange thing in the 90s, particularly where there was the sort of evolution of the the kind of lad culture of like mm. the new lad. And it was this sort of, I don't know, this very pro-masculine thing. Yeah. It became yeah. this idea that, that, yeah, men didn't really do dancing in the same way. Yeah. I know. I, I can't remember if it's true. I think it is true that the England rugby team did ballet. Because I imagine it's incredibly like any kind of dance training must be very good for like fitness and balance and strength. And oh, stuff like that. totally, totally. Yeah, no, I I remember feeling the difference kind of quite quickly when I when I did it back then. Like I was quite active back then as well, and and yeah, talking about the lad culture and stuff. I also had a group of like um, a friendship group of like rugby players as well. Mm. So so you know, I had kind of that kind of more laddie friendship, and then the kind of more theatre kind of based friendship who you know. Um, arguably a bit more open-minded when it comes to guys dancing um sure um so yeah but yeah my fitness definitely changed massively when I um started dancing like regularly in a kind of different way rather than just kind of you know endurance stamina and and stuff it was kind of um it was a different type of uh endurance and stamina and uh and coordination for one thing as well um yeah and yeah Loved it. It's, n- it's nothing, you know. It's extremely satisfying when you when you nail the routine, uh, yes. especially when you're you're surrounded. Because at the time as well, I, I was never the, I never became you know one of the best dancers there. I was always like less flexible than um, most people around me and uh, less coordinated. Because most people around me in that in that school had been doing it a lot longer than I had. Mm. Um, but still, the satisfaction to kind of you know keep up with everyone else and uh, and uh, yeah and gradually start sweating a bit less when you get to the end <laughs> so, yeah yeah great really good i think it's it's one of those things because i i find like i pick up physical stuff pretty quickly but for some reason i i don't think i'm a very good dancer and i don't i, I find learning choreography really difficult and i'm always amazed by um these when i see clips of these dance auditions that have 40 or 50 people in them oh yeah, yeah they they get shown a routine once if they're lucky twice and then they've just got it and they yeah. just have to do it and you're just like wow that's amazing and I, I hear they're quite um i'm glad you didn't go into dance because i think <laughs> i think one of your weaknesses might be that you're um you're, you're such a kind of like kind and warm person and not the dancers are not kind and warm but i hear that the uh the kind of um audition process is a lot more oh yes quite ruthless. competitive yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've, 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 yeah, I mean, we we both got dancer friends, and and um, yeah, I've, I've heard. I'm sure you have as well. I've heard a whole whole bunch of ruthless stories about audition, <laughs> just kind of uh, going in, and then um, after two hours of intense dance and workout, after seeing a routine only once, it's like, okay, bye. Don't want you. Yeah, you're done. Or it's like, okay, bye. You're you're um, we've already got a, a redhead or something like that. Yeah. It's, yeah. So much more based in that kind of world. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you could have been, you know, you could have been a, a long bowman, or a hatchet thrower, <laughs> or uh, a ballet dancer, or a street <laughs> dancer. Um. But another thing you could have been was we should talk about MC Frostbite. Oh God. Yeah. No. We should bring that in. We should bring that in. Um. <laughs> you know. 
So how? So tell un, unpack MC Frostbite for us. Tell our listeners about that. Oh God! Oh, of course, this is why. Why? Of course, why <laughs> my fingers are going to come up? Uh, <laughs> right. Okay. Fine. Um, it's um, like when I was younger as well. I was uh, quite up, quite into um, hip hop and drum and bass and rap, and um, there was a particular kind of. Um, club bar that was um, very good at kind of hip hop and drum and bass nights and stuff like that. Uh, and and yeah, long story short, me and my friends just used to um, freestyle rap at each other just for fun. And um, and, and yeah, and it, it always just was fun. Just kind of the you know there were, there were silly raps and never too serious. But um, yeah, I just found myself enjoying it more and more. Never taking it too serious or anything, but um, and yeah, again, long story short, it just led to me doing a couple of uh, um, rap battles on a little stage. <laughs> I think that's um, so. You, you sort of tell the story with a a kind of um, a, a sort of like brittle embarrassment that you're, but I think it's so it's so brave to kind of oh, step forward and do something. I, I mean, I I can't imagine anything more nerve wracking for for a lot of people to do something like yeah. that. Yeah, well, no, I think the reason why now I'm a bit like about it is because I haven't like done it for yeah, I think over ten years now, over ten years now since I gave it a proper proper go. Mm. Um, uh, so I I think my my rap my rap muscles are definitely covered in cobwebs. <laughs> so I think that's my only why. There was and there was a time in um uh Lambda, Lambda um where we there was um when a particular uh night where people um called the I don't know if it still goes on, called the sleazy. Um yes. <laughs> where um students can kind of just get together and it's just a kind of fun night, there's a bit of drink and stuff, but people can put on uh little skits or shows or dances or songs, whatever they want to do. It's very much for the students. And um, and yeah, there was an, this another student in a couple of years above who um, was known for rapping, and the rumours about me um, about MC Frostbite had <laughs> 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 got around my ear, and uh, and some and and at this point I hadn't rapped for age, ages either as well, and um, someone anyway, and um, this guy oh, I was Tristan Tristan I forgot his surname, but, um, he was like oh yeah anyone want to come up and battle me, and then. A couple of my friends were like, oh, Greg Tannehill, Greg Tannehill. And I, I was just, I just thought, oh, nothing of it. I was like, yeah, yeah, of course, not going to happen. But then annoyingly, the guy on the mic uh, heard that. and went, Greg Tannehill? All right, bring him up there. In front of like oh, everyone. Wow. In the, and so it was that horrible moment where you just realize everyone now knows that you've been, your name's been put forward. And I just, I just had to get up there and give it a go. Oh, wow. How, how and, did you uh, feel in that moment? Oh, man, dread. Absolute dread. I at that point, I, I hadn't rapped for years at that point as well, and I was like, "Oh God, this is going to be awful." And I was never one of those kind of rappers who kind of um, um, wrote them down and prepared like some like um, some of his favorite kind of rhymes that kind of go to kind of stuff, which um, okay. some rappers do. Um, I was always just like, "Ah, sorry, I'm just going to do whatever." Mm. Um, so I had no, I was going up there with nothing like in my head, going like, "Oh." okay i'll just kind of hit some of my old favorites so uh yeah just went up there absolute dread but i'd had a drink or two once i got started it was fine 
Um, what, what was the what was the result of the battle? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I. Uh, um, I'm pretty sure I, I dropped out before he did, for sure. sure. But I, okay. I, I, I stayed standing for a, longer than I thought, rapping about you know local lambda stuff, insulting some of the teachers and stuff, probably. <laughs> very good. I mean, that's um, still very impressive. And oh, did, um, did Tristan have an MC name? Uh, ooh, not that I can remember, actually. I don't know. I'm just thinking sort of Tristan, MC, you know, Viper or whatever. And then you've got <laughs> sort of, you know, Greg yeah. and, and MC Frostbite. Yeah. yeah. Frostbite as well came from like like nothing. Like uh, I think it was me and, me and my friend, like someone called themselves Quake. Do you know, I'm, I'm going to give them shout outs. Uh, John Nugent called himself MC Quake. Quake, uh, nice. Rhymes were very nonsensical about cereal and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Then we had Lawrence Fox, who was Spitfire, MC Spitfire. Nice. Um, and then we had uh, Ed Hall, who's an amazing dancer and great rapper and beatboxer still. Uh, he was called MC Edit. So, MC Edit? <laughs> yeah, or Edit MC. Um, wow, okay. Yeah, and yeah, so Frostbite just kind of came out of nowhere. I was just like, I don't know, Frostbite. <laughs> and yeah, does, how, how does that happen? Does one give oneself... A name, or are you sort of endowed? With oh, I'm. I'm, I'm. I don't want to. I make any assumptions. Of, again, I'm no expert in kind of proper rap culture or anything. How mm. you earn your name, but uh, yeah, I'm sure that people get given their names for better reasons than uh, <laughs> than that. I, I just kind of picked a name. <laughs> so. Wow. So, what do you think mine would be? Oh man, it could be anything. Uh, I could be MC uh, MC Dave. I quite like that. Uh, um, prism. Prism. I'm just thinking. Prism. Triangle. Prism. <laughs> yep. Very triangular features. Yeah. So MC MC Prism. MC Trigonometry. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Trigonometry. Trigonometry MC, MC. Yeah. Trigonometry MC. Or like uh, you know like DJ Scalene. Or <laughs> um, MC Isosceles. Oh is, yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. Come, coming at you at a right angle. Yeah. See, this you're very good at this. This is good. So I think it's like, I, yeah, I find the idea of of getting up and just sort of freestyle rapping really uh, scary. Because I watched, you know, I've watched Eight Mile once. So obviously I'm an expert now. But I think, uh, yeah, I find the idea of that. Obviously that's pre-recorded, and presumably they they you know write down you know the best the best lyrics and the best stuff that they can they can record for the movie. But an environment in which uh, you, I mean, even if you, presumably, even if you write some stuff down, there is there is still a large element of, of making it up on, on the spot, especially if you're responding to someone. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's like, um, you know, it's like, it's like any, anything we, we, we do on stage, really. It's just still like putting yourself out there, kind of putting yourself in a kind of uh, a potentially vulnerable position with all the mm. eyes and ears, ears on you um but again yeah again i, I kind of it's like anything as well it's like yeah the more you do it the more comfortable you become which is why back back when i was i don't know 18 I, I there was definitely a time in my life where i was like yeah if anyone calls me up on stage i'll happily go for it doesn't matter if i if i bust out then i'm i'm fine with that as long as mm. i i spend some time up there get a few rhymes out that i'm proud of uh, have some fun that's it but now no, yeah, I'd, I'd, my knees would be like going crazy. 
Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I think when you're sort of 18 to kind of 25, you're bulletproof. Yeah, yeah. Um, as you get older, <clears throat> you sort of learn... I don't know. I guess you learn more fear and more embarrassment. Like right. I, well, I well especially if, if you if you if you stop keeping it up for sure. Mm. That's how I found it anyway. Yeah, just if you if you stop doing it, stop stretching those muscles, then uh, then yeah, it's going to be scary again. <laughs> That's true. And I think to be fair, like now, if I had to do, um, yeah, I, I think now if I have to get up and tell a joke or read a comedy scene or do mm-hmm. a physical thing. I'm kind of unafraid of it, not because I think I'm so brilliant I won't fail, but more because I'm I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm I'm yeah. probably gonna fail. Um, yeah, and that's that's fine. That's yeah, where yeah, actually, I, yeah, yeah. I, I see the rap. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, but I feel the same way. It's just now with that sort of stuff. It's like, yeah, I'll get up, give it a go. If I fail, it doesn't matter. It's okay. You you got mm. you got to you got to fail to get the good stuff. To get to the good stuff. So um, it's a, so yeah. I think. This is, this is a good time just to have a quick recap. You know, hatchet, longbow, dancing, <laughs> uh, military father, MC Frostbite. You know, mm-hmm. and this guy's worried about being boring. This is very. This is great. This is this is all fine quality stuff. Um, okay. Now, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to redirect us to okay, yep. something that may be quite boring. Um, <laughs> so you and I are sort of both self-confessed nerds. Yes. Um, and although I suppose it shouldn't be a confession, really, we should be able. No, to no, no, no. Yeah, I feel like since Stranger Things, it's become a, a sort of a real badge to wear that you're <laughs> a kind of nerd. Um, and so we like video games and fantasy films, mm-hmm. um, and we're both a big fan of the famous role-playing game Dungeons and Dragons. I am um, indeed. Yes. Yeah, yep. and in, in which um, you have participated as a player, as have I. And mm-hmm. we are both currently participating as um, game masters or dungeon masters, running running games mm-hmm. for our friends, particularly during lockdown. Um, and so, mm-hmm. what is it about um, what is it about D anD D that you enjoy so much? Um, I I love it. Um, I love the com- it's a combined uh, story that you and a some mates are kind of living and making up um as you go along and um and and yeah and and the freedom of it as well and like uh, um, just the theater of the mind how you can sit there and you're literally just describing things um um um, but you're describing things that you wouldn't be able to do in a computer game the kind of like freedom of this adventure Mm. world you're in is like it's much more vast than any other game because the limits are only um, your your mind. Obviously, there are rules in the world. Like if you tried to jump to the moon, that would probably be impossible. But um, mm. but you could all if you want to jump the moon during that game, you could try, and you all can all will experience and laugh at that attempt and the, the failure. <laughs> sure. So, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 I think I, I think that I learned from uh, doing kind of research into the into the world and looking into it the thing that i gathered really really quickly was that there's there's lots of different types of people that play uh mm. and there's some people in there that kind of really are um attached to the rules um mm. and are really kind of like uh almost restricted by them but it what it does is it offers them a kind of outlet for that uh i think they like the numbers and the restrictions and yeah. the and then the slower pace of it is where I think for us, potentially it's as maybe as actors or creatives, I don't know, but 
it's finding that, as you say, one of the first things you said was about the freedom of it. Yeah. But either way, I find that the community that exists within the world is that it's um, all a, all about kind of doing rather than what's right and wrong, kind of doing what is the most fun thing. Yeah. And like, what's the what's the thing that will get the give you and the players the most enjoyment? And I yeah. think that's a really cool idea for a game. Yeah. No. Yeah. Totally. That's what. Yeah. That's what I love about it. And I, I, I I'm dun- dungeon mastering a particular game that I've been doing for some friends for quite a while now and um and yeah so there have been loads of crazy stories and stuff that happened and even though i'm the dungeon master i know the world they're in i'm kind of setting it out for them and describing things where they go i know the world i i have learned to be prepared to be unprepared like they Mm. might be in a situation where I'll, i'll be like oh okay they're gonna they're probably gonna um come in this way and talk to uh, this character here or maybe um, if they don't do that they might just come in and uh, a- attack them from this other point but then suddenly they'll take this completely other approach and um you know and like i said before like in a computer game a computer game might be limited to kind of those two approaches because that's mm. what the data says um but yeah in Dungeons and dragons you can completely fool the dungeon master um and just come up with this really imaginative fun thing as well and and also with the but something i really like about it as well is the fun of it and also how the everyone starts really caring if if mm. you play it just in the same obviously it's dungeons and dragons you can play however the hell you want like you can come at it in a kind of very much more numbers way you can do a lot of role playing you don't, don't have to do role playing at all like it's how as long as everyone's having fun that's great that's what it's for like the people who made dungeons and dragons and stuff they um, even with all their books, they say, um, even though they've got all the rules in there, they say these are guidelines. Use them if you want. Throw away what you don't want, as long as everyone's having fun. But um, but yeah, what was I saying? Oh yeah, going back to people caring. Like recently, I had my first player death um, in the party I dungeon master for. Um, and, Very um, exciting. Yeah, and um, it was amazing how much it really affected everyone. Like everyone really kind of, even though this was like an imaginary halfling, <laughs> um, which one of um, my, my friend was um, controlling for, for quite a while, um, who just died during a battle, um, even though it's an imaginary and it's all in our minds, um, everyone was stunned and quite sad. Um, and, but afterwards, we kind of were talking about afterwards, they were still sad and stunned, but they were also talking about how upset they were, but also how fun it is because narratively it's such a great dramatic point in a story mm. um, that they've all experienced together. Um, and uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah I, I just I just love that about it. You could just kind of be living out a a an epic film together. Yeah, and, it's yeah. a kind of combination of uh, well, it's that great thing, isn't it, of, of storytelling, and it's not. There's actually mm. something really nice as an actor that it's not necessarily for an audience. It's yeah. for just the people in the room. I remember yeah. actually in one of my uh, proudest moments, actually, I've, I've only ever uh, dungeon mastered one game, and that's that's the one that you're currently playing. I am with, indeed. Yeah. Um, Henry Shields and Henry Lewis and, and Charlie. Mm-hmm. And um, I think there was a character in there that you guys had got to know, uh, and I sort of knew about two sessions ahead that I was going to kill that character in a, in a kind of horrible <laughs> explosion. Um, and I think I remember describing that character, revealing the character had died in this explosion. And I really remember everyone's face, really, because we were playing on Zoom. I really remember everyone's face shifted 
Um, and I was really like, oh, everyone's very upset. But I remember not being proud that I'd sort of, you know, killed someone in an imaginary world. But the idea that you built a story enough for people to care yes yeah. it's um, quite a, a an energizing feeling yeah exactly yeah you know the 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 high points and the low points it it, it matters and the fact that it matters is the sign of a, a great experience in game and mm. yeah so yeah i think uh we you and i would both sort of encourage people even if you're not an actor or a a, a creative in any way you 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 have you don't operate in the theater industry or anything it's it's yeah. a very good creative outlet if you wish to experiment Definitely. with your friends and play a give it game. a go give it a go be a nerd nerd nerds are the source of a load of stuff that people love all your favorite movies written by nerds um, very true yeah very true. All, all of that stuff game of thrones one of the most popular uh, tv series ever written by nerds it's very the nerd nerdy. it's the nerds who entertain the masses so um yeah, give it a go. It's very true. <laughs> um, so I think that brings us uh, to the end of the getting to know you section. Um, and now we're going to move on to the uh, questions from the web. Um, oh. So these are questions that people have sent in via Twitter. So can you give us a questions from the web jingle? Oh, jingle for this as well. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, um, ooh, eh. <laughs> Good start. Good start. Finding the note. <laughs> Surfing the web, picking up those question marks. What the words before them, written by you, for Greg. <laughs> I enjoyed that a lot. Um, what are the words before them? Well, we're going to find out what the words oh, yeah. are written before those question marks. As long as they've got question marks, I'll happily answer them. <laughs> um, these have I written question marks? I have. I have actually put question marks. I'll send you a screenshot oh, of, of it afterwards. That's proof. proof yeah. So what's kind of happened with this recently is um, members of Mischief Theatre have taken to hijacking the questions from the web and um, people Uh tweet in questions, um, which if we have time, we'll get to. But they're often just nonsense things like why (laughs) is Harry Kershaw the best person in the world? Um, I'm sure that's been answered far too many times. I'm not getting involved in that debate. But namely, the, the, the prime culprits are Bryony Corrigan, Charlie Russell, Harry Kershaw, Niall Ransom, and Steve Rostens. All right, you have been named okay. and shamed. All right, now there, there's some, and we'll get to them, but we'll we'll, we'll do genuine, uh, okay. genuine. Are, are, these, are these all on Twitter? I don't check my social media stuff very often. No, these are all on Twitter, but this is good because I think you know if you can. Uh, oh damn! I, I should have checked and come in prepared. Oh no, no, no! It's better this way. Blind. This Blind. is good. <laughs> so the first question is from uh, at liter of cola eighty five. Um, and uh, she Great wants to know uh, what was your uh, it's kind of two questions actually first one was what was your favourite part of coming to America and um, mm. secondly she says a while ago you tweeted uh, that you were going to take an ancestry test did anything surprising come up oh wow, oh, wow. did I tweet that wow wow good memory um, uh, let's see the first bit uh, favourite part of coming to America um, oh, let's see oh there were so many things that were amazing about New York had a great time. Um, do, 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 do. Well, I don't know. Well, first thing that sprang, sprung to mind is um, well, we was we were spoiled rotten when we mm. got there, and I think having my own apartment in Brooklyn was great. I'd never lived alone before then, 
not 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 and and I loved it and uh, <laughs> not not that um, all my living situations before have been terrible with terrible people but um but that was my first experience of living alone and I was yeah spoiled with a nice apartment in Brooklyn surrounded by like great places to visit and stuff um yeah so that was a, that was the first thing and yeah and I was a short short walk from um kind of Brooklyn uh, uh what do you call it promenade and uh, the Brooklyn bridge and stuff oh, so nice. So yeah, just suddenly being in that environment, in a city which, uh, throughout my life, I was just kind of seeing on the screen, you know, just being this kind of like a kind of a fantasy place. Just like, oh, mm. that's, that's where that's where movies happen. That's where the yeah. aliens go, and that's where, <laughs> um, what's his name is Home Alone too. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that that was probably my initial like, this is this is great because I'm just living in this great city in a great situation mm. um yeah yes yeah, so that's my initial response but there were so many other things great food great theater yeah it's an amazing city it's one mm-hmm. of it's the only one that I, other than london that i sort of would seriously yeah. consider moving to but then at the same time i think you know probably only if we could have the lifestyle that we had you know yes. after it, that way. it was <laughs> yeah. very um was 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 very luxurious yes um, indeed so what about the ancestry test did anything crazy come back Oh wow! Well, um, oh, you know, it's been so long since I've looked at it, um, so I won't remember to be able to remember the remember the specifics. But um, I do remember my parents saying, like when I was doing it, my parents saying, "I was like, oh, what, what's going to come up?" And uh, my parents were like, "Oh, there'll probably be a little bit, little bit of Russian in there," and um, oh, what was the other thing? And I think Dutch. Whatever. They're like, "Yeah, that's probably mm. going to be in there. That's something we're sure about." Um, and long story short, it came back. Neither of those things at all. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> no, so, so throughout my life, I've been like, oh yeah, so I'm part. Bit of, there's a bit of percentage of Russian in me and a bit of Dutch. And uh, no, none of that. None of that. There's uh, mainly mainly British Isles um, and kind of some. I think was a region of Spain or something, which surprised Very exciting. me. Um, Old Spanish Greg. Yeah, and yeah, nothing else. Nothing else crazy comes to mind. Yeah, I didn't get any anything like the North Pole, ninety nine percent. I didn't get any of that, which I was hoping for. Um, you know, and uh, a lost illegitimate son of Santa. But um, that's kind of what you're hoping, isn't it? Yeah, that's you, what you, I'm you'll find that you're sort of related to royalty in some way. Yeah, I was really hoping yeah. for that. There's a good excuse to like, you know, reconnect with him, put on a load of weight, and just you know blame it on a job because I assume I'm going to be you know, mm. delivering presents to children and you need to be fat for that. Um, yeah. So unfortunately, yeah. So I, I didn't get the results I wanted, but uh, yeah. Um, That's okay. You are yeah. who you are. And we yeah, love you and my, for it. And my de- I was, I'm human, at least. That was confirmed. Yes. Yeah. 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 Perfect. <laughs> um, so our next question is from uh, Dr. Christine Saxon. <gasps> a doctor. A, a doctor. Exactly. I don't know a doctor of what. Do, do let us know, Christine. Um, how difficult was it learning the flying sequences in Peter Pan? Um, and oh. did you ever get hurt? Oh, um, yeah, the flying sequences in Peter Pan. Oh, God, back in, back in the, the early days of it. What year was our first Peter Pan? Was that 2013, 14? It must have been, I think it was 2000, 2014. Oh, no, maybe 2013, actually, yeah, because it was the yeah. year before we started the tour. Um, yes, yes. We did it, it at then. Pleasance, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so um yeah, the flying. So with the harness, 
spent some very important amount of time making sure I uh, got it to a point of comfort so it wasn't just burning into my my thighs mm. um and yeah I was taught how to do the kind of the somersaulting and stuff um professionally and safely and all that and the the hard thing about it yeah was um was making it look out of control <laughs> yeah um and keeping it moving for those kind of crazy sections um because in the other sections it wasn't too bad i was just kind of being lifted and lowered into the right right spot um well one of them yeah so an important thing about it was having a great uh, fly team um yeah so um who was our so first guy? A lot guy? of trust. Luke? A lot of was trust Luke, Luke wasn't our first guy, was he? No, we had we actually in the in the Pleasance we had Mr. Tom Platt, who um, was Tom was, Platt uh, the first one who person who flew me. Yeah, he basically ran the show. He did oh. everything. He did all the revolves. All, he learned all of that stuff. Oh wow! So he was flying me. Yeah, oh, wow. with these big old know. waffle hands. Oh man, good on him. Um, well, yeah. So yeah, with it. So in the Pleasance days, we had a. As you know, as you know, Dave, uh, we mm. had um, a few less kind of strict safety measures in and stuff. Uh, Zero safety measures. <laughs> less crew. Um, we were still very much doing all of our um, a lot of the backstage stuff too, which is great. I still kind of miss those days of like mm. running around backstage as well, um, to a certain extent. Um, and yeah, so we kind of so one of the hard things about flying. And one of the great things is that me and what well, must have been Tom Platt um, would would experiment quite a bit, <laughs> um, and kind of so that one of the hard things was about it was guessing what um, kind of motion I was going to be heading into next, <laughs> um, sure. yeah, and kind yeah. of keep, keeping myself prepared, especially for the revolving um, when the stage was revolving at the same time, kind of making sure I'm kind of shifting myself and dodging and clambering over the the walls as they move past me and also mm. that first set uh had that kind of jaggedy design jaggedy yes, design it was quite top. a sort of giant lethal yeah. serrated and blade so this brings me on to answering the question of did i ever hurt myself uh yes <laughs> <laughs> so there was a particular time have many many times but there was a particular time i'll, I'll describe um where i got lowered or my legs swung down at one point and which they did quite often and they kind of clipped um the top of the wall mm. and um you know performance mode adrenaline didn't think anything of it blah 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 i'd like cut my legs a bit before in the past my green tights have been got used to having like little dried matted bits of blood um <laughs> but then there was a, sec- a thing i used to do where i had to run around and kneel down on a bit of foam and push on the uh narrator um um and so i was kneeling down i pushed on the narrator at that point um tom tom oh, i forgot his surname tom tom Platt. To, uh, no um our, our first um, oh, tom front, eden tom eden yes tom eden the wonderful tom, tom eden pushing him on and um i just remember just kind of looking down at my knee and just like oh what is that and just seeing this kind of pool appear around my knee and kind of bleed into the the foam that i was kneeling on as well and yeah it was a pool of blood and what had happened was um, a chunk of flesh had kind of come off my knee. And was, so I had this kind of like meaty flap off my leg. Mm. And, <laughs> and yeah, Delightful. so that was kind of, that was kind of horrid. Um, and 
yeah, so I kind of dealt with that for the next few weeks, just kind of letting it heal. And, uh, oh, this, uh, yeah, sorry, I'll tell this bit as well. Uh, one of the stupidest things I've ever done in my life, in the shower, um, just kind of, um, <laughs> it was still kind of flapping around there, this kind of loose bit of skin. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to get rid of it now. It's healed probably enough. I went and got some scissors. Oh, no. And, and I thought, oh, yeah, I'll just snip it, off. snip it off. It's probably a bit of dead flesh. There was very much still nerve endings and stuff in there. Oh. And um, it was one of the most stupid things I've ever done in my life. And there was me in the shower naked, just going, yeah, yes, slipping around. <laughs> <and blood. laughs> slipping around, bleeding, holding a bit of skin. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah, sorry, that's probably a long-winded answer to the question. But, but also, I still, to this day, I have scars on my shins from uh, those early Peter Pan days. Yeah, um, I should have given you some shin pads or something, you know? Uh, yeah, they came along uh, later. Well, and plus, um, we did less slamming into the set. <laughs> yeah, you know, we had you know, health and safety yeah. and insurance and stuff. Yeah, yeah, all that yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, we've probably got time for one more question from the web. Um, and you might have actually already answered this with, with the previous story, but um, Matt Thorpe, um, presumably the creator of Thorpe Park, uh, oh. he uh, he's, he's messaged saying... Uh, what was the hardest stunt that Greg has had to do uh, actually during the filming of the Goes Wrong show? Ooh, hardest stunt. Um, let's see. Probably. Um, hmm. Well, n- none of them were too like physically straining. I'd say. Mm. Um, like being dropped past the window was. Uh, uh, I get asked about that that one quite a lot, and um, but in reality, it was all I, ha- I all I had to do was keep my body at the right kind of. Sort of angle flat. and be flat and know how to land properly in a pile of cardboard boxes and and otherwise my life was in gravity's hands <laughs> where mm. they could release it but i'd say the hardest is was probably um on a technical level from what the stunt team told me was the jumping through the window um oh wow yeah because i had that i had to keep um that one, I felt like I had to keep a lot more things in mind. I had to be conscious of a lot more things because there was kind of a different element of danger than I than I had ever like had to deal with before. Because um, I can't remember the names of all these types of glass um, that they told me, but um, the particular one I was jumping through, I was told I had to um, smash through, kind of come, come, um, arm up by my face and lifting my leg and to make my arm and my leg hit the dark hit the glass um as close to the same time as possible um and part of the reason that was specified was if i went too top heavy the glass even though it's designed to shatter it's still designed to be slightly sturdy if i went a top half too much the bottom half would still be able to cut me if my legs got dragged across um so um there was still a chance of that um, so that was something I had to particularly keep in mind. And also, um, just a little detail of that as well, I had to, as soon as I brushed myself down after jumping through, I walk off camera and I had a team of people rush up to me with little brushes to brush my eyebrows because mm. tiny... I kind remember of, that. Yeah, the, t- the tiny, um, the glass kind of becomes this kind of dust thing and there's still a chance of it kind of getting in your eyeball and scratching your eyeballs and kind of doing damage. So that's why I had to have a team kind of run up, run up to me and just, and I had to keep my eyes closed and they just had to clean it all up to um, take away that, that danger. 
So I remember that because yeah. I think I came in. I I then come through the door in in literally like two seconds with you behind me, um, mm. and so yeah, I remember just sort of stood waiting for you to <laughs> with like tiny little fossil brushes. Yeah, on your <laughs> eyebrows. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I, so I yeah, I'd probably say that was the hardest for a different kind of reason I'd ever experienced before. All the other ones were kind of. Um, I'm trying to think of all the other stunts I've done. Like bank robbery was just, yeah, making sure I could dangle right. Um, well, the theatre stuff yeah. is kind of okay, isn't it? Because it's sort of, yeah. you end up doing that every day, but TV, it feels like there's more pressure to yeah. get those kind of big stunts right. Because it's yeah, so only to reset. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And with the glasses. Oh, that was another fact of the glass. Like I was told, <laughs> they, only, they, had, they had a limited supply of this expensive glass, so I better not mm. screw it up. Yeah. Well, I remember when we did the, uh, the, I had to cut the glass baubles in in Christmas episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we had like six of them, and there were like four in, in each take, or I had to cut up two. And mm. so we could do two takes with four, um, but they were like one of the most expensive things in that entire episode. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it was that. crazy. Um, and so uh, Emma, the stage manager, was really just like, we, we can't rehearse with these. And she was very sweet. Um, and then she was like, on the day, she went, you can rehearse with one. Okay, one. <laughs> I said, yeah, I've got to see how it breaks before I do it in front of the live audience. But she was yeah. very sweet. <clears throat> and that was, yeah, it's weird. Those kind of smaller things end up being the biggest things. Yeah, it's um, dangerous. Okay, so we're, we're approaching the end now, rapidly approaching the end. Um, and I'm going to kick us up another gear by getting Ooh. us into the quickfire round. Oh, God, um, okay. I keep saying quickfire round like it's a quiz, quickfire section. <laughs> um, and so could you give us a very quick quickfire jingle? Quick fire, quick fire, quick fire, can I come at ya? Quick fire. Nice. Some of that sweet MC Frostbite. There you go. Um, Around quick fire with quick fire. <laughs> quick fire, coming at ya, quick fire. Um, <laughs> so this is just going to be like a bunch of questions and you just got to answer them as quickly as possible. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, all right. Yep. Okay. What is your favorite color? Uh, green. If you were an animal, what animal would you be? A uh, hedgehog. Nice. Uh, if you were to describe yourself as a dessert, what would you be? Oh, uh, oh, oh, God! Uh, a a a, a, a trifle? No, not a trifle. I'm not a trifle. Uh, I'm a, a ice cream. <laughs> ice cream. Nice. What flavour? Uh, uh, caramel. Nice. Um, is Jaffa cake a cake or a biscuit? Oh, it's a cake. Nice. If um, if you were one of the fifty-two cards, which would you be? Oh, uh, oh, uh, Jack of Clubs. I was thinking Jack of Diamonds. That's great. Oh. Um, left or right? Uh, left. Oh, that's weird. Uh, right or wrong? Uh, wrong. Uh, what is your favourite film? Oh, Terminator 2. Which is a great, great, great shout. Mm -hmm. uh, what is your favourite video game? Oh, uh, oh, I don't know. Uh, oh, uh, Abe's Odyssey came to my mind, but it's not. Nice. But, okay. but I don't know why that came to my mind. But yeah, okay. We'll take that niche one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And finally, who would be the best mischief person to be trapped on a desert island with? Oh, 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 Matt Cavendish. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, I, he would give you lots of jazz hands. And he would. Yeah. You'd die, you'd die a happy man. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, okay. That's that's brought us to the end of the quickfire round. And um, before we before we wrap up, uh, do you mm -hmm. have any uh, top TV recommendations or uh, books or anything that you think people should should read? Oh, um, TV recommendations. What I've been watching lately. Uh, I've been watching um, Ozark, 
That's very, mm -hmm. very good TV, but very bleak. <laughs> Perfect. So if you're up for that. Um, oh, and I did actually, I, I've watched the first, I haven't watched them all, but I've watched the first episode of something on Netflix called Home Game, I think it's called. Okay. And, um, and I think each episode is about a crazy sport done in uh, different countries. And I've only watched the first one. And it's in Italy, where they have once a year a crazy sport where they um, kind of uh, do a combination of um, mixed martial arts and rugby. So uh, it's crazy and violent and entertaining. It's interesting. Watch that. Okay. And that's called Home Game. Home game, I think so. Home game, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and book-wise, oh, um, I'm on the last book of the Broken Earth uh, series um, by I forget their name, but it's a trilogy called the Broken Earth. If you like fantasy, then that's a great one to get into. Very good. Mm. Well, thank you very much for uh, giving us your time, Greg. Oh, and thank you. Uh, thank you to the listeners for listening. Um, I've been Dave Han, talking to Greg Tannehill. Uh, do keep an eye out for all of our episodes on uh, at Mischief Comedy, uh, and follow us on all of our other social stuff. You know, Instagram and all the rest. Um, thank you very much for listening, and keep on making mischief. And bye bye, Greg. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.